0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com, where smart fans buy tickets online, no hidden fees, search and buy now 100% authentic tickets, best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee. That's 110% guarantee. They show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide 0% buyer fees. If your ticket is $26, your your purchase is $26. No joke. The most transparent, consumer-friendly ticket marketplace on the web... Authentic valid tickets backed by our 100% money back guarantee. You'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out and no hidden fees. Like I said, if it's $26, hell, if it's $8, it is an $8 purchase. Save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at tickpick.com. Get your tickets now. we Today is October 5th, 2019, and both ALDS Game 2 matchups are final. It's the ALDS Game 2 recap show brought to you by Belly Up Sports and Tick Pick. The New York Yankees are headed to Minneapolis, Minnesota on Monday night with a 2 0 win over the Twins. They are now up 2 0 in the series. They continue to To dominate the AL Central champs, that marks 12 straight postseason wins against the Minnesota Twins. The most consecutive wins against a single team in Major League Baseball history. And it wasn't even close today. 8-2, to two, the 2019 Minnesota Twins to this point have fallen in line with the 2004 Minnesota Twins, the 2009 Minnesota Twins, the 2010 Minnesota Twins, and the 2017 Minnesota Twins. Rocco Baldelli said that at the beginning of the series that that wasn't our team, that isn't our legacy, that wasn't our history. Well, Rocco, I hate to break it to you, but if you don't win on Monday, you fall in line with that history. Ron Gardenhire couldn't win a game against the Yankees in 04-09 in 2010. Paul Molitor couldn't win the wildcard game in 2017 at Yankee Stadium. And now Rocco Baldelli is in, danger, is in big danger of joining the party. So it's not going to be easy for the Yankees, though. Jake Odorizzi is one tough son of a bitch. He's... He's beaten the Yankees twice already this year, once in New York and once in Minneapolis back in July. The Yankees are going with Luis Severino, who's been the ace of the staff in past years, but has also only started three games this year. He went 1-1 in those three starts and in an atmosphere where the Twins fans are going to be screaming their heads off with their backs against the wall. I don't know if Severino can get it done. The last time he threw in an NLDS Game 3 or an ALDS Game 3, the American League. Last time he threw in an ALDS game three, he gave up seven earned runs in two to a third innings pitched against the Red Sox, and that was last year, and that was at home at Yankee Stadium. So Luis Severino against Jake Odorizzi doesn't exactly smell like a series sweep in my mind, but history does tend to repeat itself. I mean, I honestly don't know what it is. When the Twins play the Yankees, they won 100 game 101 games this year. Hit the most home runs in a major league history for a team in one season, 307 home runs, and they still can't manage to win a series, let alone one playoff game in 15 years against the New York Yankees. I said it before and I'll say it again. There are three certainties in this life. Death, taxes, and the New York Yankees kicking the holy hell out of the Minnesota Twins any day of the week. So let's talk about game two. It wasn't even close. I think Rocco Baldelli even had the nerve to say that he was intimidated or not intimidated by Yankee Stadium's crowd going into Game 1 on Friday, saying it doesn't intimidate him at all. Well, what about now, Rocco? You scared now? The Yankees have scored 18 runs in two games. The Twins have scored six runs in two games. And that is what some baseball owners would say as being unacceptable. Slay the Dragon. That's what owner Jim Paul had said Monday before the series. Slay the Dragon. You're the ones being slayed. Again, Napoleon Dynamite got the start for the Twins today. I mean, Randy Dubnack, damn autocorrect. This was, uh, this was Randy's first start ever against the New York Yankees. Came in the playoffs. Couldn't have been a worse time to start Randy Dobnak. It's going to be a day he certainly will never forget. I mean, I think this guy was in single A for most of the 2019 season. I know there's a chance that the Yanks choke because of the lack of experience against a young guy they've never faced before, can't do any scouting reports on him, but he isn't used to the high leverage situation of pitching in a postseason game, in a postseason game in which... It's an absolute must-win if you want any chance of moving on. The Twins, if they lose this game, they're down 2-0 in the series against a team that they have not been able to salvage off in 15 years. So kudos to them for putting a guy with a total lack of postseason experience on the mound in a must-win game, the most important game of their entire season. So Randy gives up four earned runs on six hits in two innings pitched on Saturday. Couldn't get out of the third inning. That's not a pretty stat line. Though it didn't get any prettier for Tyler Duffy, who gave up the big blow, probably the biggest blow you could give up in the game of baseball. The third inning grand slam off the bat of Didi Gregorius, a man who most Yankee fans would say is due. Didi, I might add, with potentially the biggest pimp job of the century. I say potentially because I don't know if he meant to pimp it. I think... The more times I watched it back, the more times I played it back on MLB.com, the more awkward it looked. I think I think he said uh, after the game that he was trying to hold his emotions back, but he obviously didn't do a very good job. It's like he wanted to freak out, but then thought, oh, shit, that might go foul or, oh, crap, I'm supposed to be humble. I don't know, but it definitely had a pimp-like feel to it. He knew it wasn't coming back. That put the Yankees up seven nothing in the third and by twins Yankee standards you may as well book that early flight back to Minnesota. I mean, what a total letdown for a team, like I said, won 101 games this year, a total shocker out of the AL Central, a division that the Cleveland Indians have basically owned for the past four years, and for them to dominate throughout the entire year like they did for as long as they did, you got to give props to Rocco Baldelli for the way he's managed in his first ever managerial campaign, even though it looks like it's going to end abruptly with yet another postseason defeat at the hands of the New York Yankees. Masahiro Tanaka was brilliant in the boogie down on Saturday five innings pitched three hits one earned run. That's more than what you can ask for from an experienced veteran in postseason play. He made his pitches. He got in and out quickly. The offense backed him, which was key, but Tanaka was able to mix in his splitter, which complemented his fastball beautifully. He's primed for his start in Game 2 against Houston in the ALCS next Saturday, pending the Yankees can pull off the sweep on Monday against the Twins. Aaron Boone was able to use one guy out of the pen for each of the final four innings. You know, just to get some work, staying away from Aroldis Chapman as well in the process, Adam Adovino, who threw in... Only one batter, I think it was Nelson Cruz on Friday, gave up the walk and then Boone pulled him, got an inning of scoreless relief, Tommy Canely again. He only threw one inning last night in game one as well, got only one inning, scoreless inning of relief in game two. Um, And then it was Boone who went with Tyler Lyons and Jonathan Loiza got a salvage off the final six out, which was great. Great job by the bullpen, not to allow any sort of shenanigans to take place, which is always a good thing. Everyone is going to be rested for game three with the off day on Sunday. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better situation for the Yankees to be in right now. You're up two games to nothing. Your bullpen is rested. Your lifetime success against the Twins is unheard of. I guess the one thing you could say would make this better is if the Tampa Bay Rays were up on the Astros two games to nothing. But we all knew how that series was eventually going to turn out. The Astros win game one, 6-2 to two behind Justin Verlander. But I got to say... Garrett Cole made Justin Verlander look like Randy Jobnack on Saturday night. It's absolutely terrifying what this Astros pitching staff has in their arsenal. I mean, Cole made Tampa look like the Detroit Tigers tonight. 15 strikeouts on Saturday against an absolutely confused Tampa Bay Rays lineup that just failed time in and time again at making any sort of contact against Cole. It was insanely frustrating to watch because, meanwhile, while Garrett Cole was making the Rays look like high schoolers, Blake Snell was pitching like the 2018 Cy Young Award winner Blake Snell. He was phenomenal against the Houston Astros lineup. Three scoreless innings before Alex Bregman served up, uh, served up one over the Crawford boxes for Jimmy Jack, that, that chase Snell, but he only gave up four hits with the one run. The Rays are obviously going to need him more than ever now. Uh, being down to nothing in this series as they go back to the trap where they will absolutely have no home field advantage they have no fans so smart call by Kevin Cash because he's going to need Snell out of the bullpen in these next few games to save their season I thought Tampa Bay was in both of these games in the first two games throughout the first five or six innings at least they've pitched well but unfortunately for them so have the Astros and it's been ridiculous Garrett Cole made MLB history tonight 15 strikeouts, seven and two-thirds innings pitched, unbelievable. He's also tied a uh, Houston Astros all-time record for most strikeouts in a postseason game, tying him with Roger Clemens, who had 15 strikeouts in a postseason to start for Houston nearly a decade ago. He came two strikeout shy of tying all-time record held by Bob Gibson. That was 17 strikeouts back in 1968. He's also tied with Mike Messina uh, with the Orioles, who struck out 15 back in the 1997 postseason. Sandy Koufax with the Dodgers back in the late 60s. And Levon Hernandez with 15 cases as well in 1997. So it was absolutely insane to watch him annihilate the Tampa Bay Rays. It almost makes me nervous for ALCS games one and two between the Yankees and the Astros because they're going to have to face Verlander and Garrett Cole on the road in Houston where they proven that they couldn't win a playoff game two years ago, they got swept in Houston this year. How are they going to be able to hit these guys? I mean, I feel like I'm giving the Rays a little bit more credit than they deserve. I mean, they're not exactly the most powerful hitting lineup in baseball. The Yankees and even the Minnesota Twins, for that matter, I think, would put up a better fight against Verlander, Colin Granky Granke in the next round. So we'll have to wait and see. Alex Bregman, of course, getting Houston on the board with the ding-dong in the fourth. They tacked on a couple of runs late to go up by three. But in the ninth inning, the Astros exposed their one true weakness, I believe, the one thing that could derail them on the path of their second World Series in three years, the one true weakness that they've had since their run in 2017, and that's the mediocre bullpen. Roberto Osuna looked great in the eighth inning, coming on, striking out the Rays on three pitches, coming on for a four-out save. But when he came back out for the ninth, he had about a 15-20-minute to 20 minute layoff in the bottom of the eighth. The Astros tacked on one more to go up 3 nothing. He just couldn't find the strike zone. I mean, he made some good pitches to the bottom half of the Rays' order, but when push came to shove, he didn't have it. A.J. Hinch had to call on Will Harris for the final two outs after the Rays got on the board and then loaded the bases with one out. It was 3-1 to one Astros with the go-ahead run on for the Rays on first base. Before Will Harris was able to strike out Travis Darnot on a 3-2 pitch, a very important pitch in that ballgame, was able to get Darnot to chase and then, then was able to get low to ground up to Yuli Goriel to end the ball game. So the Astros are now up two games to nothing, as expected, really, heading into Game 3 on Monday afternoon at Tropicana Field, where I think most people assume they're going to pull off the sweep. They've got Zach Ranke and Wade Miley backing them up in the bag for these next two potential matchups. So the Rays had their chance in this series. They they really did. I, I think the low error on Friday in Game 1 was huge when Houston was up 2-0. Uh, after the Altuve nuked the left field into the train tracks, Yuli Gurriel hit a pop up with runners on second and third that would have ended the inning. It was with two outs but Lowe decided to pull a Luis Castillo and just flat out drop the baseball that allowed two runs to score that would have turned a 4-0 game back into a 2-0 game entering the final innings not to say they had a chance against Verlander but a 2-0 lead is a big difference compared to a 4-0 lead against the Houston Astros that's the difference between saying hey a bloop and a blast and we're right back in this thing to this sucks let's prep for game two tomorrow so I thought that play was vital in game one and then in game two when they had their opportunities late they just couldn't capitalize I mean we we all saw I believe it was the bottom of the fifth inning in game two on Saturday when Martin Maldonado drilled that ball down the left field line and the ball ricocheted off the ball boys stool the ball boy trying his best to just get out of the way of the ball you don't want to be that ball boy who gets in the way of a giant postseason play down the line but it hits his stool and Tucker was forced to hold up at third base and Maldonado at first base. That play scores Tucker, who was running from first on the pitch. That ball trickles down the line, and A.J. Hinch didn't even review the play, so that in itself gave the Rays a huge break because they were able to work themselves into and out of trouble in the inning. Runners on second and third, or first, I think it was first and third with nobody out. They get a pop-up in left field and then a double play ground ball to end the inning. That kept the lead for the Astros one to nothing. When it definitely should have been two to nothing. And then, of course, in the ninth inning with the bases loaded, Darnault and Lowe just unable to come through with the go ahead run on first. It was truly painful to watch because this has not been the best Astros offense or lineup in these first two games. They've been shot down by this uh, Ray's pitching staff, and now they get a chance to drill former savior and Charlie Morton who sent them to the world series against the Yankees in game seven, two years ago, and then closed out game seven against the Dodgers to win the world series. That vintage shot of Morton and Brian McCann, hugging it out for the final moment of that series. So the Astros are looking to move on to the ALCS for the third consecutive year. And for the second time against the New York Yankees who better be prepared to win a postseason game inside Minute Maid Park. I mean, It's almost a given that they're going to have to beat either Justin Verlander or Garrett Cole in a game at Minute Maid Park in order to move on to the World Series. Because you've got Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole in games one and two on the road, and then you return home for games three, four, and five where you're most likely getting Zach, Ranky, Wade, Miley, and Justin Verlander a second time, and then back to Garrett Cole in game six at Minute Maid. So in order to move on, if you're the New York Yankees, you have to win at least, at very least, one game in Houston, and then try and sweep the Astros at home in games three, four, and five like they did in 2017. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. It's going to be agonizing. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be nerve-wracking. It's going to be sickening. I might throw up. But, hey, that's postseason baseball. That's the matchup the entire baseball world has been waiting to see since about May or June, I think, when we really got a feel for who was going to win this thing. And I think it's most likely, most definitely going to come down to the Houston Astros, New York Yankees, and Los Angeles Dodgers if the Nationals choke like they have in the past. We've been talking a lot about the ALDS matchups between the Yankees, Twins, Rays, and Astros. Now let's get into a little bit, about I don't want to get too much into it, but a little bit into the NLDS matchups. We got 2-1-1 one, one ties. It's a lot more interesting on that side anyways. Nationals, Braves all knotted up at one. That's not even a series. Jesus. Braves, Cardinals all knotted up at one. That's been a unique series. Cardinals come away with a huge back-and-forth offensive win on uh during game one and then of course game two jack flaherty dominating throughout the entire game but the braves of course adam duvall with a big pinch hit two home run late the rays win that one the braves win that one three to nothing in atlanta at sun trust chopping on to game three in st louis tomorrow sunday afternoon and then the dodgers dominating game one six nothing walker bueller getting himself the win and then clayton kershaw of course clayton kershaw my man continues to struggle in the postseason didn't pitch terribly, but did not give enough for his team to pick up the victory. Nationals win it by a final score of 4-2, a little scare in the ninth inning there. Corey Seager strikes out with the bases loaded and two outs go go ahead and run on first base. So it's a 1-1 series between the Nationals and the Dodgers going back to Washington, D.C., and a 1-1 series between the Braves and the Cardinals going back to St. Louis. But before we get more into that series, let's get another quick word from our handy-dandy sponsor, TickPick. Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickPick.com. Where smart fans buy tickets online, no hidden fees, search and buy now 100% authentic tickets, best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee. That's 110% guarantee. They show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide 0% buyer fees. Your ticket is $26.00. Your, pr- your purchase is $26. No joke. The most transparent, consumer-friendly ticket marketplace on the web. Authentic, valid tickets, backed by our 100% money-back guarantee. You'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out. And no hidden fees. Like I said, if it's $26, hell, if it's $8, it is an $8 purchase. Save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at TickPick.com. Get your tickets now. All right, not to go into it too much here, but a quick NLDS recap for all you National League fans. I quite honestly don't know why you're a National League fan. American League baseball is so much better with a designated hitter. I can't bear to watch a National League pitcher hit in in a postseason game, nonetheless. But Braves and the Cardinals, great back-and-forth seesaw action between both teams. Uh, The Braves and the Cardinals tied at three going into the ninth inning. In game one, Marcelo Zuno with the big hit down the line. They end up scoring four runs in the inning. 7-3 lead for the Cardinals. And then, of course, the three-run Jimmy Jack, bartender Jack Ronald Acuna Jr. gets the Braves right back in the lead, or right back in the game with a two-run shot. Then they tack on one more 7-6 to six before the, Gar- the Cardinals eventually pick up the save. So they go up one nothing in the series, and then Jack Flaherty throws a gem against the Braves in Game 2. Gives up the early RBI single to Josh Donaldson. That was basically it. But of course, on the other end for the Braves, Mike fulton was just Phenomenal. Seven innings pitched, seven strikeouts, and then they took that one nothing lead after the Donaldson single into the bottom of the seventh, where they took out Fulton Newick and uh, pinched hit Adam Duvall. Everybody kind of questioned it. Fulton Newick was doing such a great job, but Adam Duvall quickly proved those naysayers wrong. Two run, Jimmy Jack, dead center field gives the Braves a three nothing lead. They go on to win the game three to nothing. Going back to St Louis. For Game 3, where it's going to be rookie sensation Matt Soroka going up against crusty veteran right-hander Adam Wainwright, former ace of the St. Louis Cardinals. I, I favor the Braves in this game only because Soroka, if it wasn't for Pete Alonzo, probably would have been NL Rookie of the Year, he had a dominant first half and uh, I just don't think Adam Wainwright has enough in the tank to give St. Louis that lead. I mean, they are home, so they do have the home field advantage, so it will be a little bit interesting. I still go the Braves in the series. I predicted the Braves to win the series at the start to go to head-to-head with the Los Angeles Dodgers, who th- who themselves have themselves a 1-1 tie in a date in Washington, D.C. on Sunday night against the Nationals, who, again, the Nationals through Max Scherzer, and Steven Strasburg, for that matter, in the wild card game. But Scherzer got the start, gave up three runs on two home runs early in the first two innings. Came on in relief in game two to salvage off that win. And now in game three against high-end Ryu, it's looking like it could potentially be Max Scherzer on the mound starting because in game one, you got Patrick Corbin game two, Steven Strasburg, I think I mixed those up. Maybe they were reversed. I wasn't watching the games. I don't know. I don't, I don't like the National League. But... Max Scherzer on literally one day rest. I mean, he threw in relief in game two, going back on the bump in game three in front of the hometown crowd against Ryu, who did not have a dominant second half, pitched very well to the point where he got a a starting job in the uh, AL All-Star game, or just the All-Star game in general. Again, I'm an AL guy. But Ryu's not been great. The Nationals have a, have a clear opportunity here to capitalize on that win on game, in game two. I mean, they have the opportunity to go up two to one over a Los Angeles Dodgers team who's favored to go straight to the World Series. I mean, people have written off literally every other National League contender, including the Nationals, the Braves, the Cardinals, the Brewers when they were in it. They wrote off everybody against the los angeles dodgers this is the nationals chance to not only prove everybody wrong and defeat the the empire and the national league and the la dodgers who are looking to go to their third straight world series but to also slay their personal demons and never winning an actual playoff series everybody could say we finally did it we won a winner take all game at home wild card game that's one win and they almost lost it too if it wasn't for juan soto's three-run double or whatever. You got two RBIs, then he got the second on the air, whatever it was. But this is their opportunity to prove to everybody and say, hey, we can do this, go to the NLCS, compete for an NL pennant, a National League championship title, whether it's the Braves or the Cardinals, and just shut everybody up. But that's that's what I'd like to see. I don't want to see the Dodgers go back best season in their regular season with 106 wins, most wins in franchise history in a single season. So they are the team to beat. But if the Nationals can pull off a Game 3 win against Ryu with Scherzer on the mound and potentially a guy like Corbin in relief who started Game 1, it, it, this could be big money for the Washington Nationals going into Game 4 where it looks like Rich Hill probably going to get the start unless Clayton Kershaw or Walker Bueller pitches on short rest in a in a must-win game if they go down 2 to 1 but this is a huge opportunity like I said again for the Washington Nationals to prove everybody wrong we'll see if they can do it again I got Braves Dodgers in the NLCS it's looking like Yankees Astros in the ALCS and I bring up those predictions because we're going to give away free tickets we uh, gave away the ticket offer During yesterday's episode with me and Donnie Finkel, Donnie not joining me on this episode, I'll explain at the end of the podcast. It's quite funny, actually. He'll be back for game three after the Yankees hopefully sweep the Minnesota Twins and the Astros take care of business against the Tampa Bay Rays. But we are going to give away two free tickets using the TickPick account to anybody who can predict Both the ALCS and the NLCS, you'll get two free tickets to either matchup if you can fly out to Houston, New York, LA, Tampa Bay, Washington, Atlanta, I really don't care, St. Louis. St. Louis is a great place this time of year out in Missouri, so we will give away two free tickets to whoever can predict the ALCS matchups and the NLCS matchups. DM us on Twitter and Instagram or either, whichever one, I really don't give a crap. But if you want to win two free tickets, DM us on Instagram or Twitter for a chance to enter yourselves in for two free tickets. We'll randomize a winner and send you a DM right back with the ticket confirmation order. So that's that. So like I said, as we wrap up this ALDS Game 2 recap edition of The O Show, Donnie Finkel, who's been my co-host and has agreed to be my co-host for these playoff recap shows texted me right before I'll pull up the text right now to tell you what exactly what he said. Five minutes left to go in the Astros-Rays game before he said, I- I'll let you know where I'm at right now, trying to get laid right now, LOL. Damn it, Donnie, you missed a pretty good show. We're going to find out if he got laid in the Game 3 recap podcast. It's going to be the first thing I ask him, so we'll see what happens there. I mean, it's not interesting. It's interesting to me. We'll see. We'll see if Donnie got lucky. So, Osho Podcast, ALDS, Game 2 Recap Show presented by Belly Up Sports. Be bold, stand out. Go check out all the latest content from Belly Up Sports at bellyupsports.com. Check out the Belly Up Sports shop as well. Just click the Belly Up Shop link. It'll take you to designtree.com to get all the latest fashion trends from Belly Up Sports, including the fucking Savages New York Yankees shirt, sponsored by the Osho Podcast. Go check that out for only $25 at designtree.com and at the Belly Up Shop. Don't miss out on getting your chance to rock that awesome piece of cotton. I'm doing it all postseason long. We're also sponsored by Tick Pick. Remember, DM us for a chance to enter the two free ticket sweepstakes for these upcoming LCS series, the league championship series in both the American League and National League. It's looking like Yankees-Astros, but if you send in your prediction for both the ALCS and the NLCS matchups right now, today only, Sunday only, NFL Sunday, week five. I know you'll be tuning in all day long. Check us out. Check out this episode for a chance to win two free tickets to the upcoming postseason matchups in the ALCS and the NLCS as you'll get a discount OSHO10, the 10% discount on TickPick using our discount of OSHO10 to get 10% off all orders anytime throughout any season, whether it's MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, WWE, UFC, AEW, doesn't give a damn Use that 10% discount code. Again, that is OSHO10. We are sponsored by TickPick, the number one marketplace for no hidden fees. They're based in New York City. They're awesome if you haven't checked them out. Way better than StubHub and Vivid Seats, as we'll hear this TickPick sponsor one more time as we wrap up this edition of the OSHO like we always do. Hit it, Hootie. Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com where smart fans buy tickets online, no hidden fees, search and buy now 100% authentic tickets. Best price guarantee, 24/7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee. That's 110% guarantee. They show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide. Zero percent buyer fees. Your ticket is $26. Your your purchase is $26. No joke. The most transparent consumer-friendly ticket marketplace on the web authentic valid tickets backed by our 100 percent money-back guarantee you'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out and no hidden fees like i said if it's 26 dollars, hell if it's eight dollars it is an eight dollar purchase save an average of 10 to 15 percent on every purchase guaranteed only at tickpick.com get your tickets now